So it, it's ready. Uh, the notification <coughs> should be coming in in the next few seconds, actually. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Shit. How's everything been going with you? Mm, it's alright. Yeah. Snowy as a motherfucker, but it's alright. Yeah, see, I can't I can't do no more snow. Can't do it. <laughs> Tired. Can't do it. Yeah, this shit fucking killed me, man. It's like I go outside, my hands start cramping up, everything. No. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. I'm real quick. Um, okay, yeah, YouTube's doing what YouTube does. As always. Okay. All right, let's just get right into it. Um, <laughs> I want to get your comments. Uh, first off, we'll start with Lozanne. Yeah. I think in terms of, I think he's barking up the wrong tree. I don't think what he's doing is going to work out for him the way someone's telling him to do this. It sounds like his mom or something is telling him to do this. Uh, the woman in the background being my reason for saying that. Um, you can hear like there's a woman like finishing his sentences for him almost. And it sounds like there's a like a ulterior motive. I don't know if they saw the, the, the way the Maxwell trial went or what it was. But for whatever reason, it's like if you was going to come out about this, you could have done this much sooner. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, why now? And why um it's like almost like I don't know if it was if it's his mom or if it's the industry or what, because it's like you have this wave of people now. I don't know if it was anyone before academics, but I remember when academics said, Well, I'm a civilian, it's not telling. I had to go out and make a video. I said, This is crazy. This is crazy. This is not no, we're not this is not gonna be the new thing where it's only telling if you're involved with some illegal shit no um and the way he he's like stat quo i want you to remember that name like bro are you in a courtroom right now like is that the whole thing like so it was just very weird to me watching i'm like and i didn't notice the woman finishing his sentences for like a good minute and then i watched it like a third time i was like yo there's a woman like, I was like, I was like, there's gotta be, that's someone who has a vested interest in this shit. Like, um, I think Lil Xan, see, I think there's, there's three doorways or four doorways and we'll get into that in a second. I think Lil Xan went the straightest of the doorways, which he should be lucky that he was able to get through that doorway as quick as he was, because I honestly think he did it on his own. And normally that type of doorway, I think, takes about five to ten years if you really have that type of talent or if the, the climate's right for it. I think in his case, the climate was right. Of course. Uh, so I think 
there there comes a point. Another one I think that they're like that was fabulous. Um, but I think there comes a point where he should just be glad that he got things set up the way that they were. It's like there's a lot of musicians who don't drive a vehicle. Method Man does not drive a car. John Frusciante from the Red Hot Chili Peppers does not drive a car. It's a known fact. Um, I, I do not drive a car. Just keeping with that whole tradition there. Um, so it's like you got to expect that you put your money into that and you have a big label controlling you. I don't know who he was signed under, but I've heard the name Stat Quo enough before he said it to know that that's someone of importance in a management position. Well, to, um, us, to us old heads, he's from Atlanta, and we, we knew yeah. about him decades ago. So he had a semi, you know, popping career, whatever the case. He didn't, he didn't pop the way I thought he should have. So, yeah. you know, a lot of the guys that almost get there to the point where they, they go into yeah. the management. So I was gonna ask you how like much Nori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how much culpability do you, you place on the manager? Well, here's the part that gets tough tough is like there was a net uh not Netflix, a lifetime movie I seen once about celebrity surrogate, right? And they get this bitch doped up on all type of crazy ass drugs. They tell her it's just for uh the baby and shit, but then she finds out she's taking like amphetamines and all type of crazy shit that legitimately fucks your head with your head and shit and gets you high or whatever. And um, I forget what it was. It was like Percocet or some shit. They were giving her narcotics in this movie. And uh, I thought back to this little Zan thing. After, or I thought back to the movie when this little Zan thing happened. It's almost like there's, with the industry, there comes, depending on how much control you allow, there comes uh Almost like through the guise of mental health, there comes a supply of drugs. You see what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's done intentionally. I think it's been practiced for so long that I don't think Stat Quo has culpability unless all these other people have culpability. And my point is that um, you, you look at the way it goes. He's talking about, well, he was sending drugs from here to there to the, Bro, there's a Walgreens or a CVS in every fucking state. And it, it, any, I say this to people every day. If you're going to go ahead and get high, get your drugs from a fucking doctor nowadays. Because that fentanyl shit is in everything. Um, I think any drug you would want in terms of street value or a street drug that's illegal, you could find a equivalent of it in the pharmacy. You see what I'm saying? Um. I think in terms of what Stack quoted, I don't, there's not enough uh, specifics released about it. And unless he was running some type of interstate distribution of narcotics, I don't think he have much culpability. Now, if he's saying we need the keys to go from here to here and we need the bricks to go from there to there, and we need pounds of marijuana from here, that's a different story. But if he's just linking motherfuckers up in terms of like especially in terms of like a doctor pharmacy that then it becomes very hard for there to be any culpability so i think there's there's a it depends on exactly what he did now in terms of where i think even if it was something illegal there's less culpability for him is that it's been a commonplace thing i think for a long time i think for since i since probably before i was born um, I think there was a, a long-standing practice 
of get these motherfuckers high on some drugs because they're going to be more impulsive and less likely to think through their decisions. Um, now, that said, I think there's, there's a very small percentage of people, myself included, who sometimes think through things more when they're on drugs than when they're not. But I think that for the majority of people, yeah, I mean, you go to a bar and wait till it's, you know, near last call, you'll see, you know, that's when fights start breaking out, all that type, because the, the impulse control is gone. Um, I think that might have been what happened with Conway. I think, like I said, I think he got involved with, I think they, they, they do it in stages, I think, for a reason. I think it's like, okay, get this motherfucker on drugs. If the idea still sounds wild to him when he's on drugs, then we'll just leave him where he's at and go from there. If it doesn't, then he can go to the next level and he'll be just concerned with the money to get more drugs than he will anything else. So I think with Lil Xan, I think he's, A, I think he's barking up the wrong tree. I, I don't think it'll result in anything positive for him. I don't think there's anything, knowing how I'd imagine someone like Stackpole or anyone who's big in management in the industry is going to be, I don't think there's any type of record that would be able to be used as evidence in any type of case or trial or, or civil suit or anything. I don't think, I think it would be smarter than to leave breadcrumbs like that behind. Uh, or if he did, it would be extremely Cody. Um, I don't think Lil Xan stands a chance of, of, a, of winning a lawsuit because of that in part. And I think at the same time, it's like, Someone like Stat Quo, it's not going to be through his phone. It's going to be through someone under him phone. Who then it'll probably even be through someone under them phone. Well, and the Lil Zan will not know who any of those people are. Right. The part that so I, I, the part that I, I, I can attest to is the issue about the cars. A lot of times these artists don't have credit for anything. Um, they don't have the wherewithal to get, to obtain purchases and, and everything will go through the management. So I understand the car part. And it's mm -hmm. no, it's an old trick that, you know, a lot of artists were used as drug mules, like you said, yeah. to move dope across the country via the tour bus. Now, nowadays are kind of cracking down on that stuff, but, um, yeah, go ahead. And, and, and so pretty much, I think with the car, I think with him, it was bought as a, uh, he thought he could just buy the car. Cause mm -hmm. now, you know, he's a superstar. I, I think you get to a point of fame, especially when it happens really quick for you like that. Um, and you didn't do no extra weird shit to get there where you just feel like, oh, wow, I'm unstoppable. I could do anything. You see what I'm saying? And really, that's not the case. And I think a lot of it with him now coming out with this now is he's got bitter feelings. He probably fucked his life up on drugs. Um, it was sad because it's like I, I watching that. I've seen a lot of myself at, at that age where it's like you just starting to realize some of the toll that that shit took on you. You're trying to get away from it, and you're not even at, you're not even halfway or a quarter of the way to the point of where of fully realizing that toll it took yet, because that won't hit you till you're damn near thirty. Um, but I think I think he's he's at a point now where he re, he got a lot of regret with him, and I think he got some sour feelings about maybe not getting as much as he thought he was gonna get out of something. Um, then there's the aspect of he hasn't released no music to my knowledge in a very long time. And I think that it's to a point where it's motivated by money. Um, I think there's, there's you, you live a certain lifestyle for a long enough time. 
all of a sudden that money stops. I mean, I know this from my own experiences with other shit. You, you get to a point where you're making 200,000 or 300,000 a year, illegally, legally, whatever the case is. And all of a sudden that money stops. And then when you get money sporadically from there on out, you're going to try to still live like that just out of habit. So I think maybe in Lil Xan's case, that could be part of it too, where the money stopped, uh, he ran out of material, whatever the case is, um, and, and now he's at a point where he don't know what to do. So he's like, well, fuck, we need money. His parents is probably like, we need money. Probably got used to him giving them money, breaking them off or whatever. Because um, Lil Xan wasn't, he wasn't around no, no criminal shit. He didn't have nobody else probably to break off or nothing. He probably just gave his moms whatever the fuck. So when, when the money could dry up, she's going to be the first one to be like, oh, we need, we need that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know. I, I just think it's very odd, the timing of it. It took this long for you to say something. If you really had a problem with it, wouldn't you have said something back in like 2020 or 2019? The moment you fell off, you would have said something. Um, so I don't know. It's just really strange to me. Um, I don't think he even understands the full scope of what he's trying to involve himself with. I don't think he understands the 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 mainly negative repercussions that are going to come of it to him. I don't think it'll end with stack folks now in jail and, or they even win a civil suit. I think it'll end with, he keeps barking up that tree and he's going to look like young Dolph or something like that. And he don't even be around shit like that to be happening. So they're going to make it look like an aneurysm or he had some type of crazy interact. Like the problem is he's on drugs. You see what I'm saying? When you're on drugs and you're an artist, it creates such a backdoor to to fuck your shit up that you could not even know. Like, say you 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 they all it takes is them finding out who you buy from. And if you if they already got that connection, that's even easier. So I, I think it's gonna end with with if he continues going this way, it could very well end with with something like. You hear of like him dying of cancer that he didn't have, or you didn't he didn't admit to having for like years, or some shit like that. Brain aneurysm, all type of you know natural. I think that would be if it were to go that way, that'd be the way it would go because he's on drugs. He's not in an area where you can really like if if a shooting happened to Little Zan, it would be like, but why? Well, like it, it would be it would be a point where it would open up so much more questions that inevitably you're gonna get. Well, fuck. Okay, stack quote. We got to bring him in. So I think I think in terms of it'll go one of two ways. He'll either stop talking about it, or 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 it'll eventually, if he keeps. I think it's going to take at least uh five to ten more of them types of videos, and maybe something will happen to him. Gotcha. But I wouldn't wish that on nobody. But I just I see where what he's doing is is going to wind up, and it's it's the exact reason why. If my son were to really start taking off with music, I would sign him before I would let, you know what I'm saying, just to prevent someone else mm-hmm. from signing him. Right. Um, let me get your thoughts. a lot of stuff like that. Gotcha. Let me get your thoughts on Empire Records. Um, see, that's the, that, that was the, the one thing I was, I was trying to, see, I got, I got a whole bunch of notes here. Um, see, Empire Records is a touchy subject because it's like, I can't tell. It seems like there's a culmination of things going on with them where 
See, like, I think there's, like, three or four doorways to getting in the rap game, right? You got the party with Diddy route. That's what we're going to call that, the party with Diddy route, which is self-explanatory. Then you got the five, ten years, you got the fab route, where you grinding on your own since 2001. Motherfuckers don't hear about you until 2011. You see what I'm saying? Then you got what I think falls under people like WAC 100. I think even in some cases, some people who might be on the Empire roster, stuff like that, where it's like, a form of like hush money or like um hard to explain blackmail the blackmail like, route yeah 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 or, or or even federal informant i think in the case of like viad or academics it's a federal informant but i think people like whack 100 i think whack knows something because there's the thing like you didn't leave whack in charge of death row records he left ray j in charge of death row records but whack always wants people to know about how he was involved with the death row days. You see what I'm saying? So I think with Empire, if you look at how the young Dolph shit played out, right? He was killed by other rappers. Is what they're saying. And I noticed when I started talking about this Empire shit to the level I was, now all of a sudden, they've they've got a new motive for why Dolph was knocked off. It's because he signed uh, one of somebody ops. He signed Moochie Great. That's the, that's why they're saying the reason he was, which I don't, I find it very, very funny that the moment I start piecing, because here's the thing. I only thought, well, maybe my bell rang, right? It's like, you asked, I didn't even know who Slim 400 was. I had no fucking idea who this guy was. I've still never heard of Slim 400 track. You see what I'm saying? I knew who Young Dolph was. I didn't really like Young Dolph much, but I knew who he was. Um, it goes back to like the the Cobain clause is what I call it, which is there's multiple forms of it. I believe in Kurt Cobain's exact contract, it was the label can add life insurance with or without the signee's consent at some point later. Or, that is correct. That is correct. I think this this guy who I got Ghazi Shami like that's that's not possibly made up Ghazi Shami I think has a lot of these Cobain clauses in his contracts and I think he probably words it pretty identical to the Cobain clause where it's because he knows these motherfuckers is not going to come back and say, yo, let me review my contract let me right. review my, a year later no they're not going to do that they're not even reading that contract so I think Ghazi Shami, uh, first of all, I just find it really weird that like he looks as Armenian as he does. And a lot of people don't notice the Russian mafia in most, most of its capacity is the Armenian mafia. A lot of people do not know this. Um, I think Ghazi Shami, see, here's the thing that really set my radar off is I had seen these two back to back, right? You got to think about like, what sets the police radar off to there's a serial killer around? Two killings happen back to back. They happen in the same night in some cases, like uh, Richard Ramirez. He had what, what made them realize was two motherfuckers died in pretty much the same way at the same time. And they was like, this is weird. In the same area at the same night. And they're like, we're not dealing with multiple things. We're dealing with one guy. <laughs> um, so I think with, with Mr. Ghazi Shami, I think it was a little bit strange that I think he knew if it was the way I think it, it, it went, I think that was the point where, and that's why all of a sudden now it's like, oh, well, there's this other reason Young Dolph was killed. Because it's like, he, 
will have the connections to make that happen. And he probably realized, shit, that was too hot. I had two people who were signed under me killed back to back. Because I noticed what made me think that was, I didn't see nothing about this Mushi Great shit till, I, till today. Till today, I didn't see nothing about that. And I started thinking, I said, but wait, why is that all of a sudden now that people like me is in the comments or, or whatever the case saying, yo, this is weird with Empire Distribution that these two, and at the time when I made my, I think I made a video about, at the time I didn't even know King Vaughn was under Empire Distribution, Mo3 was under Empire Distribution, some other motherfucker I'd never heard of, and I said, when, when, I said wait, so you mean to tell me not just five rappers have died in the past three, four years under this one dude, in the past two, three years, you mean to tell me that First off, they all died under some crazy-ass-looking homicide. Like, it was awesome shit out of a movie. You had Mo3 getting chased down on the fucking... He's getting chased down on the highway. So it's like... I, once I seen that, I said, wait, wait, wait. This is not... This don't make sense. Like, why is this guy at the center of all this shit and has nothing to say about it? That's the weird... And then I seen him on Live with Jack Boy trying to sign, and it's almost like when labels have an artist that for all intents and purposes, they don't really want to have, they send them to Empire Distribution. Like maybe there's some friction, whatever the case. I don't know when Vaughn got his deal with Empire, but I almost imagine he probably went to Dirk first. And then the friction from that, that armed robbery or whatever the case happened, the friction with it happened. And I, there's a lot of uh, Vaughn lyrics where you, you don't know who he's talking about, but you could swear in some of them he's talking about Dirk. Now, that, and, I've heard that too, because now, you know, once once Dirk signed a Rock Nation, it's like, uh-oh. Because, you know, you can't have two in the same spot like plus Vaughn. You know, he was getting up there in popularity. You know, had Vaughn not got Go killed. The master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So I definitely Vaughn was uh a threat to uh to Dirk's position without even Vaughn even trying to be honest with you. So yeah. Yeah. I mean the thing with Vaughn was there was a lot of I think naturally untapped talent that he had. I don't think the same type see, rap music is different than a lot of other types of music because the need for talent is not to knock it at all. I mean, I'm a rapper. The need for talent is almost like decreased. Um, it's really the talent part is is baseline that, okay, can you make a hook that people will sing in the club? Yeah, they just need bodies at this point. Yeah. So I think when it came to a point of, okay, when King Vaughn came out, it was I can remember the first time I heard that shit because it was like the first time I heard Nods. This motherfucker is telling a story on the record. This shit has not happened in how long? So I think Dirk at that point, I think was like, no, I ain't I ain't I ain't gonna do that to you. You 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 go deal with it. It's almost like and just the way Ghazi Shami looked, he remind me of Agent 47. Like this dude is just James Bond villain to the max. Like I mean, it's like it's like the James Bond villain that didn't make it into any of the movies, but he's in real life though. Yeah. Um. So I think I think it's hard. For, like I didn't want to think Empire was the way that 
they they're they're appearing more and more to be. It wasn't until like I look and I say, yo, and every one of these motherfuckers not only died mad young, not only died of some bullshit, I don't, but it was all some shit you could have put in a movie. Every single one of them, like the way King Vaughn went out, could have been an alternate ending for Boys in the Hood. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. character go to fight somebody, they pulled a strap out, he wasn't ready, boom. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's just it. The more I think on it, the more it just doesn't sit well with me. And now that the fact that Jack Boy was on live with him, it's like, well, we know Kodak and Jack Boy are not seeing eye to eye right yeah, now yeah. at all. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. And I honestly, I don't, I don't think that's on Kodak. I think that's on, and we can get into that in a whole in a whole nother second, but. I think that there were two Kodaks, and I think that that's why that arrest happened. I'll put it like that for now. Um, I don't think it was a clone. I think someone was portraying him under the the rules of being Kodak because they knew that that would get the black vote from Trump. I think with Kodak's charge that he had, there was a certain minimum. That pardon couldn't go through right then, but it could go through at some point later. Hence why I think the real Kodak has now just been released as of like November. Um, I think there was an actor who was portraying him for a long time. And I think that that actor, uh, I think is who killed Wiz the Wizard. I think that that actor caused a lot of friction for Kodak upon his release. And the reason I say this is if you look at the video, Nightmare Before Christmas, I think it's called by Kodak. That's the real Kodak. And he, in the end of the video, there's a point he's just talking. And he keeps saying, I'm just glad a motherfucker made it home for Christmas. I'm just glad. And it's like, but you was, you was home for a year, though. And, like, the kids he's talking to is even like, but what, you was you was home, though. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, man, it's just a lot on my mind right now. And it's to the point where it's almost like there's so much on his mind. Not only is he moving like he just came out of jail, but at the same time, he's got, like, it's like, as someone's come out of jail, I can see the way he's moving is you just came out of jail. Mm-hmm. And, and there seems to be a lot more on his mind than that. Like, imagine if you was locked up, you had this motherfucker playing you for the past year. You didn't even really know that this motherfucker was playing you. But, you know, they, they told you once you got out. And then you find out he knocked off one of your best friends. He caused mad friction with Jack Boy. Now Jack Boy's not fucking with you at all. Uh, yeah, it's the same type of... It's the, it, I could imagine, like, the amount of shit that was on his mind in that video was like, holy fuck, what do I have to deal with now? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think when I see why I think he got arrested, I think that was the actor getting arrested. They were like, look, you're, you're out of the role now. We're going to put you somewhere else. Um, getting back to Empire, it's almost like whenever there's an issue with a label involving a certain artist, and that artist is very profitable. It has to be a very profitable artist. Jack Boy has a, a profitability margin to him. I'll, I'll explain that. Um, it can't be no uh, crunchy black. It has to be a, a DJ Paul or a, or a, Juicy, a, J. a Juicy J. Yeah. It can't be. Uh, um, it's got to be someone with, who, on their own, you put them on a pillar, and they're gonna, they're gonna. You know what I'm saying? Right. It has to be not a Michael Jackson, but it has to be like a Tito or better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it has to be the next best thing to that or better. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, Empire has a way of making an artist a Tito or better, regardless of the artist and what they do. 
I think as long as there's a certain strand of talent or marketability that's there, Empire has ways of um, getting things to happen in a, in a way that benefits the artist. Now, I think that that's part of the allure of what draws people there is it's like, well, wait, so you don't want to sign my masters. You just you just want to distribute them. And I think over time, Empire comes in, well, let me buy this track. Let me buy that track. And it's always going to be a really big track. And they're going to do that, I think, for a minute to test the waters. If you say, no, I'm not selling none of my tracks. That was our original agreement. They're going to see how long you stick with that. Um, I'd even put it so far as like, because I, I could imagine being any public, public brand, you do not want. See, I think that's why now they're, they're scrambling. I think you don't want to attract that type of, like, nobody wants to just knock somebody off because of the type of heat you're going to attract, especially people have a pretty good consensus that you did that. You see what I'm saying? Now, imagine if it's a public brand, that's going to be 10 times more so. Um, and I think with the, with that Gazi Shami guy, I think he's, he's reaching a point now where it's like he realized he did too much. Um, honestly, I think that alone... See, I think if they catch straight drop, if they catch this motherfucker straight drop, I think uh, the, the JoJo's flat. Regardless what happens, he's going to be straight. His dad, from what I hear, is someone real big in the Memphis area. You don't want to play with his dad. Um, but straight drop is different. And the weird thing is, is straight drop was like a bigger rapper than JoJo's flat. I mean, in my opinion, JoJo's flat had more to offer. He had some bars. That boy, Jojo Splat, can rap better than he could talk. Um, but uh, Straight Drop, I think... Now, imagine this. This is what I think Empire did. I think they go, hey, you knock this guy off, we'll get you in. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, uh, what, Straight Drop had done some videos with Big Homie G. He had done a, a couple other videos slightly bigger, but not nowhere near big artists you know what i'm saying people like i've always been 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 known as like everyone you say yo he listened to music nobody else listened to like no he'll he'll bring out some shit nobody's ever heard before <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of people who i look at as maybe big or bigger artists but in the grand scheme of things they're not big at all so big homie g was one of those people and i didn't even know who straight drop was when the shooting happened but then i found out he's got songs with big homie g and all this other shit so it's like Okay, well, you as someone starting to generate a buzz. It's obvious to see that. Big homie G's LinkedIn with Yo Gotti. Um, maybe Yo Gotti was like, look, I'm not going to do this myself. It's too much, uh, too much heat or whatever. But these motherfuckers at Empire Distribution, they'll talk to you. They'll probably work out a better deal with you than I could. And they'll get you straight. So I think maybe Empire Distribution said, look, we got this guy, Dolph, you know, I know y'all, y'all people don't like him. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a headache for us right now. Um, he, he's too smart. I think this is the other thing too. You get too smart for the business to where you know how to negotiate shit. And eventually where a, a more traditional label will be like, no, we're not doing that. Because of the way Empire set up using this rules of a distribution company, the points where they were a normal able to be like, no, we're not doing that, or fuck it, we are doing that regardless what you say. We have creative control. Empire's like, well, fuck, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, we're just going to knock them off. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think because of the way they're set up, there's a lot. 
more benefit to the artist than I think I think than was originally intended with their business plan. I think it's it's gotten to a point now where that's why you see it happening like this, 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 this so quickly. I think it's getting to a point where this motherfucker Gazi Shami realized, okay, well, in doing this, yes, I attracted a lot of artists who want to sign to me. At the flip side, they have more control than they would at a normal label. This is where I'm at a disadvantage. And so then when you get somebody who's doing crazy numbers like Vaughn, or doing crazy numbers like Mo3, I think it gets to a point where Mo3, in that type of situation, especially with Mo3, I think there comes a point where in a traditional label, you would get checked and it would be known that the label's more, more powerful than you. Because of the way Empire's set up, because it's like almost like you put juice behind a tune core or you put juice behind whatever distro kit or whatever, you put mad juice behind it. And now things move a little bit smoother, but at the same time, you're still retaining masters and whatnot. I think because of the way it's set up, it gets to a point where the artist is, is like you always hear about motherfuckers become celebrity and they, they, they think they run the world. I said this earlier in the shit just today. Mm-hmm. I think with Empire, the way it's set up, because it is not a we own your catalog deal, there comes a point where the artist really does get more powerful than the label and where a traditional label once you serve x amount of albums or x amount of time is gonna say look okay we'll let you go see if it's really all you or if you needed us empire gets to that point and the artist can leave and he didn't need them at all so now you get to a point where for for gazi shami it's like for either one or two reasons either that reason where the artist gets difficult to manage and and there's no real leverage you can you can put on him otherwise. Uh, and he's like, well, fuck you. I'm more powerful than you label. You don't even own my masters. Then he then they're like, okay, well, what do we do? All right, knock him off. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think at the same time, then there's that other reason of, well, he's just not performing the way we thought he would. All right, knock him off. That way we, we get our return through the life insurance. Um, I, I don't. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine it's one of those two things that, that leads to that shit. Because I, I can say with Mo3, it, it was probably he got more powerful than the label and expressed that. So you see, I managed one artist besides myself, right? I managed this one kid out of Denver. And let me tell you, managing that one motherfucker is, is, is a fucking task. Just to get him in the studio is a task. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I heard Method Man say one time he's on a what the fuck with, with Matt Hoffa and then he said he said uh he said I, I got kids I ain't got time to be managing no artists that's like having a it is babysitting at the end of the day that's exactly what it is yeah yeah so so like I could see where it gets tricky because like I said I think and this is where I think the Jack Boy thing comes in I think. Sometimes to draw, because there's too much heat on a specific label, if there's an artist that they're inevitably going to knock off, they go, here, go, go to the Empire. Um, with, with, with Kodak, for example, and Jack Boy, it's like you just had that Wiz the Wizard situation. Now, I personally don't think Kodak may or may not. I think if it was 
Kodak who had something to do with it, it wasn't really Kodak. It was a motherfucker portraying him because the personality differences between that motherfucker and, and Kodak, who I just saw in that video he released on New Year's Eve, is tremendous. They're, they're, that motherfucker did not care about shit except the money. He did not give a fuck if you were his mans or whatnot. Like, I, that's what really made me believe, like, okay, this is not... It wasn't just the way that the bodies looked completely different. The face structure was complete. It was the fact of the way he acted to the point where even people around him was like, yo, you acting crazy. You you acting all types of brand new. Um, I don't know... Like I said, I don't know if Kodak had nothing to do with the wizard, but if he did, a it wasn't it wasn't really Kodak who did. And at the same time, I think that's where this Jack Boy situation comes in is because Kodak, if he did it, even if if even if it was the other Kodak who did it, or if the other Kodak didn't do it at all, Kodak knows the type of uh bullshit that 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 Jack Boy is pulling right now. Is in a way where he going like it's at a point where even if, if if Kodak wasn't really responsible, the type of shit that was set in motion by this other dude has him at a point where it's like he 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 knows what Jack Boy is gonna go one or two ways. No, no room is good. Um, the worst for him would be if Jack Boy were to get bigger than him, and unless that's in a controlled environment, i.e., Empire Records. Mm. That's not something Kodak wants. Now, at the same time, I don't think Kodak himself wants to hurt Jack Boy. I don't think, I don't think he even, see, I think with, with, with the Jack Boy situation, it's two things. I think Kodak don't want to hurt Jack Boy. And at the same time, I think he knows Jack Boy either might know some things or whatever the case and is not willing to talk to Kodak right now because of the motherfucker who was basically being his body double while he finished out his bid. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I see like, I think it's tricky. I think a lot of these labels play this game where they're like, okay, you do me a favor and, and handle this for me. Cause I think Kodak knows the potential in Jack boy. He's like, well, okay, get him bigger than me on your label and then clean him up. You see what I'm saying? When, when, when that way it, it, you know what I'm saying? It benefits you. And it benefits me because whether he get bigger than me or not over there, he's eventually going to be out the picture. Um, and I think that that's what Empire do. I think it takes motherfuckers, it blows them up to take them out the picture. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen, because think about all the motherfuckers who died, except for Slim 400. He's he's the exception, and the one other motherfucker is the exception, who I don't even know his name. Mm-hmm. They all died under some weird-ass shooting circumstances, and they at the time, they were at the height of their career. So, in terms of what Empire will do for an artist, I think is it, it, it's a machine. It will blow a motherfucker up. But I think at the same time, it will blow a motherfucker head off. What, um, are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, the family not being able to uh, pay for Drake Hill's funeral? They, 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 they're seeking an injunction to, to get access to his funds to do that. Now, that's tricky. Was Drake Hill was signed to Empire? The Empire. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't even know that. See, now that's weird to me too because again, he died under some weird ass circumstances. You went and you pulled up at a fucking concert you wasn't even supposed to be at, bro. You wasn't at no Rolling Loud. You wasn't on that bill. I mean, at the same time, I think it's difficult. I think 
that might be what blows the lid off it. I think that might be what causes a further invest. I think that might be why they're scrambling right now because they're like, bro, two we could have we could have found an explanation for, but now you've got three back to back within a month. Like this is not going to be easily explained, and especially if a civil suit gets pushed. I mean, realistically, if if OJ had the civil trial first, he would have been in prison for that murder. They wouldn't have had to come and get him all them years later for that other shit. He would have been, if that civil trial came first, he would have been in, in prison for murder. Let's be clear. Um, I think if, if, if it becomes, if it goes, I think honestly it might be more fruitful in exposing shit that way than if it were just like, okay, we think he was involved, go get him, book him, and now Gazi Shami's arrested on some charges that there's nothing substantial about. Now, I think in terms of if you went at it and you were like, look, we want you to pay for the funeral. See, now I think that's why Duck Funeral got paid for by Vlad the way it did. It was okay, like, look. Talk, talk about that. Speak to that. I think with Duck, see, I had a I had a buddy of mine back when I was in one of the group homes who got signed to Sony. He got signed to Sony back in 20, 2008 or nine. Mm-hmm. He was 16 years old. Got signed to Sony. Um, winds up getting a girl pregnant. Sony says there's, I guess, a probationary period where they're like, we're not going to record or release any music, but work on whatever you got right now. Um, within a year, we'll start you officially on the roster. During that year, this kid's doing some local shows and shit in New Jersey and winds up getting this girl pregnant. So he's like, look, we need to talk. And so they talk, and he's like, look, you know, it, you, you're not nothing established nearly yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we're going to let you go. You know what I'm saying? You can do shit on your own because we're not going to pay for travel expenses, all this other shit. You don't understand what comes with a kid, da, 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 all that whole shit. So they let the motherfucker go. That was to the point where it was like, to me, it's like, now that is a different situation that ended a lot more peacefully. But I think with FBG Duck, I think it was, it was like, I think there's a lot of times where she's like, yo, we need to level the playing field. And I think with FBG Duck, he, him, him for the majority of his career not being signed and really going about it, though, the one straight way there is to go about it. I mean, he was releasing music for damn near a decade before he got anywhere near signed. Mm-hmm. And he got signed and they put out four songs. They put out, uh, actually, I think, I don't even know if he did Chicago Legends when he was with Sony, but I know he put out Batman, uh, a couple of the, he put out the, the two that got him killed as well. Um, I think with Duck, it was, I think Dirk was at a point where he's like, well, fuck, this dude's taking my customers. Um, if I do anything, it's going to look really bad and they're going to come straight to me because they know the BDs and GDs do not get along right now. Um, let's, let's, you know, we got to think of some brainstorm. Uh, who do I got? Who calls up Empire. Empire's like, look, man, shit's too hot right now. Mo3 just happened. Plus, you got that other thing you want to take care of in about a month. I mean, it's just too much right now. We call us back about something else. So, okay, who else are we going to call? Calls up Sony. Sony, keep in mind, going all the way back to Tommy Matola. What did Michael Jackson say? Tommy Matola is the devil. Um, Sony goes, okay, um, 
What do you want? Just get this motherfucker to sign. People have been trying and he won't. He's convinced that they got to be talking millions. Well, okay, well, how? what happens if we give him the millions? Well, he'll probably spend it all and give it to his friends and whatever. So he probably won't get it back. Okay, what are you going to do for us? Just, just give us some time, we'll pay you back. Okay, so Sony goes, all right, we just need shit to look right. We need timing. You know what I'm saying? Music's all about timing. So Sony goes, okay. Calls up Gucci, says, yo, Gucci, put these shoes out on this date. The, sh- the shoes show Donald Duck with a camera going flash. He says, okay, put those. And so Gucci's like, why do you want us to put these shoes out at this date? Two days, three days, however long before that, they probably was like, okay, we're going to clean him up, get him out the way. You got to remember where he was killed at. I promise you, every one of them businesses knows someone who's an executive at Sony. You know, or, or some type of middleman to an executive at Sony. Those are all designer stores. Where do rappers love spending their money? Designer stores. So, I mean, I think it came to a point where they was like, look, we know if we can't catch him in his own hood, he's too well protected. We can't catch him in the ops hood because he doesn't go there. We can't catch him. In, we The only place we could catch him is in this one spot where there's all these cameras, but... All these people are friends with us and they control them cameras. So we can turn them shits off when we need to and, and, and just have someone there on the ground verifying what went on, make it look like he's just a witness or a bystander. And I think that's what happened. I think it got to a point where he was he was such a hot product and so in demand to control and level the playing field. It was like, all right, we'll keep him on the roster for a year or whatever, put out this and that. Anything else he records just goes on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I don't think – see, the way that this shit is set up with a lot of these motherfuckers, and it's the most backwards thing to me, is like they'll, 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 they'll get an advance, and none of it will go to any type of musical equipment. None of it will go to anything that's going to help their career. It will go strictly to designer. And that's the part to me where it's like, I look at this shit and it's like, there gets to a point where, I've seen what Wiz the Wizard, there gets to a point where this rapper either doesn't understand what an advance is or what it's for or anything like that. And because you're not, see, like, whereas a, a, a more traditional, like a punk band or any type of band is going to take that advance and they're going to put it into guitars and drums, other shit. You know what I'm saying? All that gear they couldn't buy before, now they're going to buy it. Now these rappers, they don't they don't need that gear. The studio is brought to them by their, usually that's how it works. And that's the part that bugs me out because it's like, so what, you're going to have this, this dude going to bring the interface or the, 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 the 2432 track, whatever the case is, he's going to bring that shit all the way to you and then pack it all up and bring it back home. I think with I think in terms of FBG Duck, it was set up for shit like that to make the workload seem seem like uh what's the word seem lazier than it should be like because now you got this dude who you might see four times a year who brings this little interface in his laptop and all that shit plugs you in has you spitting some shit for about four or five hours puts out one or two of the things you recorded. You don't see him again for like six months at least. 
Then you do the whole thing again. He doesn't put out anything. And I think that's what happened with Doug. I think they signed him literally to control the market for a year. Have him see now. Here's the thing. There might be a. I I think if there's a posthumous CD to come out, it won't come out for another five years. And when it does, it's going to be bigger than any Tupac posthumous release. Period. Because it will be something people didn't think existed. You think so? Or I think that's the new thing. Is like get this motherfucker to record as much shit to the point where when he dies, we're not gonna release nothing. We're not gonna release nothing. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, you know, posthumous makes sense. I don't think they wait five, maybe a year or two. Um, I think nowadays it's different. I think nowadays they waiting longer because they know it. They want to get to the point where you forget this motherfucker would was around right. and then when and when so now when i have kids and i'm well, i do have kids but now my my kids is older it's like yo daddy is do fpg duck i'm like yo he's been dead for like six years yeah that's cool you know what i'm saying like i want to hear that okay so Fair it's enough. like i think it's done i think it was in a lot of cases it's timed generationally it's not done on a uh on a strict like okay this amount of time i mm-hmm. think with tupac shit, it was done like that because i think at that time we had hit a generational slowdown where there wasn't a new generation that hadn't heard this yet mm-hmm. or at least that was and back then it was all cds you had to have so why white people was buying the most rap music white people was the only people buying cds so i think i think it came to a point where uh nowadays with the digital shit, i think that's where the difference is i think nowadays it's like okay well we know what these kids want is videos. Mm-hmm. With the dead man rapping, there can't really be a video. So what do we got? Uh, unless it's a montage of shit he did when he was alive. So what are we gonna do? Well, we 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 make sure that he has other people around him rapping so that they can take his spot when he dies. Mm-hmm. All right. So that gives you some filler for the meantime. Right now he's got uh forget I think the dude's name is FBG Bigger who's rapping and he's literally using FBG yeah, Dunks he sure account. Is, yeah. Yeah, and I don't have nothing wrong with that. I think his music is good. But I think it's, like I said, it goes back to that hush money, that blackmail, all that shit, I think ties into it in every form. I think um, the only form it doesn't tie into is when you literally are, are taking that route and just living in the studio for five to ten years, recording X amount of, you know, whatever, till, till you know, some goes you know i think i think with every other form whether it's you're a federal informant whether you're uh whether you you seen something you shouldn't or whether whatever the case i think there there comes a point where it's like hey you know hey look you, you see what's in this envelope right you don't want nobody else to see that right okay yeah. well yeah get, get, get to doing your thing man like so i think with uh with empire and the way it all ties in, I think Empire has a hand in that. I think all the record companies have a hand in that. I wouldn't be surprised if someone who's rapping right now and not part of that old block indictment either was the was somehow involved in FPG murder. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And, and what tells me that is it goes back to people is starting. You see what I'm saying? People are starving in the city of Chicago. Um, when, like I said earlier, you get people used to living a certain way with a certain amount of money and a certain budget. Now it comes to, okay, well, how can we sustain this? And I think with, see, I see a lot of YouTubers saying like, oh, FPG, FPG Duck Mom knew what happened. No, no. 
I don't think FBG.mom knew. I don't think she was in on it. I don't think she knew ahead of time. If she knew at all, it was well after it happened. Agreed. And I think they said, they, 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 I think it was after that first Vlad interview. I think they yeah. paid for the funeral. They're like, look, you want this money to keep coming. We're going to tell you something. You, can't, you cannot overreact to it. And this is, again, going back to people is starving. Okay, yes, you killed my son, but y'all going to pay for me to live X amount of time? Right. All right, I can forgive that. You see what I'm saying? It ain't the first time somebody killed one of my kids, You see, especially in her case. So I think with a lot of them, it's, it boils down to that's why they go to these places. People are starving. They're willing to do whatever the fuck it takes to not be starving. And I think that's what happened with, with, with a lot of them. I think that's, you know, it's sad, but it is what it is. I mean, it's just the nature of the business. That's yeah. how I look at it, you know, and I shouldn't have no feeling. I mean, I once had a buddy of mine tell me, like, uh, you know, because he knew, he knew some people in the industry, and he said, he said, yo, nobody would ever come to you to sign a record contract. And I said, why? And he said, because they know you would read it. And they know that you probably wouldn't sign it upon reading it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's true because it's like, I mean, I, I was always taught, don't read nothing, don't sign nothing if you don't read it. Like, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on all of the great past white artists giving up the masters and only the urban artists, the black artists are like, yeah, we got our masters. You know, like Vaughn has their masters. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Eh, because it's it's a carrot. Okay, it's a carrot. It's like I own my masters. I'm not doing no crazy numbers on my shit nearly either. I'm doing like fifty views, a hundred some views if I'm lucky on, on on some of my songs. But you know, you know how to administer it, though. That's the thing. Most of these guys, the family members, say, hey, "We got we got the masters," but you don't know you don't know what to do with the shit. You don't know how to uh, apply for sync license. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, anything to to administer. A lot of these dudes is not even ASCAP or BMI. There you go. Exactly. So what good are having the masters if you don't know how to administer it and to make money off of it? I mean, I guess it's just worth having that SD card with them tracks on it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think nowadays it's become such a buzzword, like such a, such a hot keyed word that people be using. Like there's one dude, Dorian 82 music, right? Mm-hmm. I fought with Dorian, but he constantly be preaching this. You got to keep your masters. You got to keep your masters. And that's true. If your masters is worth something, you know, and even if they're not, I mean, don't sell them shits because it's not really selling your masters. In that case, it's selling yourself and you're getting, you get put in a situation real easily. Cause there's, there's like clauses in a contract that you wouldn't even imagine exist. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays it's that that 360 deal. Because I noticed when people started talking about, I own my masters, that didn't start being a thing until they started doing these 360 deals. And I think that is, now that you say it, it's like almost like it was done intentionally to be like, at the same time that all these other artists is set up in a life commitment with some shit that could kill them, you got these this the same smaller group of less much less uh important a bunch of motherfuckers like me being like I own my masters. 
Um, now, would you ever sell them? That's the real question. Because a lot of motherfuckers own their masters till you throw a million dollars on the table. At that point, I'm still own my masters. I mean, I don't know if they could say the same. You see what I'm saying? Well, people don't even realize you can sell percentages off of it and, you know, still retain yeah. the, the majority Single ownership. And yeah, it's just, there's ways, yeah, there are ways of doing it, but I think just, I just don't think the average urban artist under the age yeah, of 25. Yeah, because you're going to have like one or two hits yeah. at, at, at best. You know, if you're mediocre, you know, you're going to have one or two hits at best. I mean, there's very few urban artists. Like, for example, the song Rubber Band Man by T.I., that's one of them songs that is timeless. If you put that shit in a time capsule, brought it out 3,000 years down the road, motherfuckers be like, turn their head, what is that? What yeah. is that sound on a synth right there? What is that? Like, you see what I'm saying? It's, there's very few artists that have one, if not multiple of those songs. Jay-Z, I think, only has one or two of them songs where it's timeless to that level. Um, T.I., like I said, I think that's his only one. I don't think most artists who get a hit record, that's not just a hit record. That's some shit that beyond that. You see what I'm saying? And most most urban artists, I don't think will ever see that. We're at a point where, like, uh, one of the punk artists I, I listened to, Pat the Bunny, he said he had a song uh, called I'm So Punk, I Hate Punk. And... Basically, he, the start of the song is three chords, maybe four. I don't like these bands anymore. Um, so, so basically, where 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 the difference is is where you could change chord variations and shit. Like, there's there's a whole instrumental part to most other music that you're writing as the songwriter yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas with rap music nowadays, put on YouTube, put on an instrumental. Is the instrumental free? Okay, boom, promo. If it's not, call that dude up. Go on the beat stars. Do whatever you got to do there. Yeah. Um. There's a whole wave took out of that that allows for diversity. And my father always always thought that rap music was a dying genre. And in a way, it's not. I think it will go on forever. But at the same time, you run out of shit to say. It happens with every artist. You run out of shit to say. And uh, I think with some artists, like like I think with myself right now, you get to a point where you've said a lot of shit, but like you haven't said everything. But at the same time, the difference with rap is it relies so much on current events. That's the part where I think it'll never die. At the same time, you lack being able to change things with it when all your when the entire work of the artist is just rhyme this word with this word. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When the artist is not involved in, all right, how are we going to make this instrumental? Da-da-da-da. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think with Kanye, he gets shitted on a lot, but a lot of people don't realize the type of weight that was on that man's mental bow flex for most of his career. You see what I'm saying? Like, you went from basically making a beat compared to making a rap. Making a beat can take so much longer, especially on an MPC especially on MPC 2000 with no screen or nothing. I think it went from, it went from him being like this computer type individual where he just had to plug sequences and shit. Now he's rapping and doing that. And I think that that puts so much stress on that man brain doing the both at the same time. I think that's why he is the way he is now. Now, most rappers is not a Kanye. Most rappers will get to that MPC and they won't plug a sequence. They'll just hit 
a certain pad, and that's the most and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I think with in terms of 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 rap music as where I see people getting into these problems is they don't really see the the, the longevity of it. There's not in terms of a single artist, you run out of longevity. It will happen eventually. Um, you you could, you only got so much to say. You see what I'm saying? And I think nowadays there's such a pedestal put on do this to get paid that it creates a detriment where you're not going to get paid because you're so focused on doing this for the money without even making no money doing it yet. You know, the whole the whole way that music's created in, in a realm where it succeeds is you have to have fun doing it. You don't have fun doing it, that's not going to, it's only going to go for so long. So I think with, like you see with every artist, they always will, the ones that stay around will not be a rapper by the time their career is over. They'll be the running a podcast, they'll be owning a weed company, they'll be doing this or that. I see it a lot with the rappers who I think genuinely made it up there on the court. Uh, Nori, for example, another one would be Method Man, another one. See, Method Man was smart because he was able to turn the woo into a brand. He could brand that shit. Like, and that branding made him money for life. You see what I'm saying? Now, most artists aren't that lucky to where they can say they a rapper till they dead, like Method Man's able to do because they're just not iconic like that. Method Man was able to be iconic like that because what was the only other iconic thing at that time in rap music? N.W.A. Tupac was iconic, but not till he died, really. A lot of people don't don't really realize that who wasn't there. He wasn't iconic, really, till he died. If you heard his music, he was like, okay, this motherfucker's on to something because where Pac had the, uh, the emotion, Biggie had the bars. But Pac had the way of putting it. Pac was sort of like a Kanye in terms of he knew where to put the words in terms with the, the chord progression to where it would hit the maximum impact of effectiveness. I don't think many rappers have that. And nowadays with this dumbest thing about, about this whole rap game, nowadays is it's so such a lack of emphasis on delivery that you get songs that are, and I think that was done intentionally. You know, I think it's easier for them to, after you've died, come back, Okay, let's rearrange these vocal tracks into something. If there's no delivery there, that's very easy because every one of those fucking shits will will match with every one of those other syllables or rhymes, whatever the case, because it's all the same delivery. Mm-hmm. So I think I think in terms of like there's a lot of things like that that I think were done by design. Like I think mumble rap is one of those things. It's you can put any one of those. Ending ending bars with any one of the other ones, as long as it rhymes the same, it's gonna go. You know, you get a lot of those. It used to be easy to tell when a motherfucker had a track put together after they died because the there'd be shit like the pitch would be crazy, uh, different. Like you can always tell when it was like that back in the day, and nowadays it's not so much like that. Nowadays, I was listening to so much shit that was put together after King Von died. It's like they're not even taking their time to put this together. This is to the point where there's, it sounds like an 808 boom that didn't boom right. It backfired because it's just like a fuzz that goes in the middle of of where the hook should be. So it's like almost, I kind of ask myself like, yo, was 
Is they setting like these motherfuckers up for posthumous releases? Is that the new way for these labels? That's where, if they didn't make any money during their yeah, because it's like on the cut out the middleman. They're, yeah, they're gonna get the money out of you regardless. So yeah, yeah. I mean, because Triple X is Tentacion, his his posthumous Juice World's posthumous stupid numbers. I mean, they would. That's the that's the craziest yeah. thing about it. Is like. Like I don't, I don't mean to knock them, but it's like comparatively, like I was listening. The only access Tentacion song I listened to is is Rolling Peace. I only listened to it because of Kodak. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like they're they they weren't. I wouldn't say they weren't good. It's just it was such a different wave to like where I wouldn't even consider Juice World rap music. You see what I'm saying? I wouldn't even consider him rap music. Well, I wouldn't shit, consider he, him he has a documentary music. on um, what is it? HBO Max. I was just watching it the other day. Like, and it's like, part of me wonders, like, the way he died, it's like, who tipped the feds off to run onto that plane? <laughs> who was he signed to? That's what I want to know, too. Who was yeah. he signed to? Because whoever signed him, when you sit in a room with somebody, you get a real good gauge for how their character is. Yeah. And you could tell, okay, this motherfucker impulsive. If he think he going to jail when he living his best life, he gonna fucking do some shit to end his life, or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. He might shoot out with federal agents, whatever. So it's like you really gotta ask yourself, why was they on that plane to begin with? Like, why they? That's the weirdest shit to me. Is like, cause I didn't even like Juice Bro. I remember when I was in jail, he used to come on the radio, and I'm, man, I'm not trying to hear this. I see shadows in my room. I'm not trying to hear this right now. So. <laughs> Right. It's like I didn't even see like the marketability in him to like I started hearing how other motherfuckers in jail was like, no, nah, this motherfucker Juice World really on some shit. Yeah. Like just as they started to say that, it's like Juice World has been found dead in a plane with mad bricks on it and shit, and he took some shit and we don't know what it was, but it, it killed him. Like that's the shit that like that's the that's the crazy. It's almost like, like the movie The Island, man, where. They're like, oh yeah, y'all y'all want a, a vacation to this wonderful shit, and really it's just you just going there, and they're gonna line you up and kill your ass. Like, it's it's it's. I mean, just just that shit alone is why I was like, nah, if Junju ever want to do something with some some music or whatever, I'm gonna sign him before someone who don't care go, goes ahead and does that. Like, yeah, as you should. As you should. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's a dangerous. It, it, it wasn't always a dangerous game. I don't think. I think Diddy made it a dangerous game. I think really. See, I don't think motherfuckers had any idea of like, oh yeah, knock this motherfucker off, get mad money for it. So. Well, it yeah, I, I would or, say or, or, they got sloppy and very brazen with the acts because you know back in the fifties and sixties, everything was kind of everything was quiet and hush hush, and you, you, only yeah. those who knew knew. And you know those stories didn't come out till decades after, you know. I mean, there was there was a term vintage Hollywood for a reason. For a reason, exactly. And, and it's like I always I was thinking about I was like, why do they only refer to that period before nineteen sixty, maybe nineteen sixty five mm-hmm. as vintage Hollywood, like back when it was uh, Charles Bronson and John Wayne and all that motherfucker. Why is that vintage Hollywood, like? Well, in the seventies vintage or no? Does some start happening at that point that that made it okay? This is not vintage no more. Like, yeah. I mean, it's. I think with uh with music, I don't think it started going that way. In, in rap music, at least, I think rap music, ironically, was mad 
in terms of how the the the, the business was handled, I think it was mad clean until either it was either when 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 Biggie and Pac died or it was when Easy E got AIDS. It was one or the other. It was it before I, I'd say at the earliest it was when Easy E got AIDS. I think that that see that's where where Wack one hundred come into play. It's like I think he knows a lot of shit. And it's not about no music. You know what I'm saying? I think the motherfucker said, look, I know you was in that court. Don't say nothing about it. You know, I don't trust you with my business, but I trust you enough to give you enough money to start your own. You see what I'm saying? Like, so I think, I think there came a point and it was definitely regardless in the early nineties when someone came up with the blueprint was like, look, if this motherfucker dies, do you know how much money this makes? Cause I don't think it. I don't think it happened before. I think the earliest example would have been Easy E. Well, I, and plus, I don't think the corporations are invested in into hip hop artists long term like that. Yeah. Um, as opposed to uh, you know rock and country and pop. Yeah. Like those those guys, you know, they'll be eighty years old still on tour. I, I don't think they see that for hip hop. I personally don't see it for hip hop. I don't want to see an eighty year old nigga rapping about. You might see him with Method Man. He's he's pretty intent. I mean, I'm Fifty LL, those guys, but those they're so few and far in between. Yeah, yeah. You know, those guys. Even Ti with his with, with his one timeless song, like this thing, like Fifty got mad time. He yeah, got, I like, would go to Vegas to see song. Fifty perform at the at, if he's in his sixties. I would I would see I would pay money to I would go to Vegas to see LL perform, and if he's in his fifties yeah. and sixties, I would for those guys yes, but the average. I mean, you, you you can name ten rock artists that that yeah. are in their seventies right now on tour with no albums out in decades. Yeah, you know, as opposed I think to we, that's the part of why they're they're selling their uh their masters. Yeah. I think it's the point where the main money has been made off that. Yeah, there's okay, no more money. They're not made. getting streams. Yes. No kids. You think about the the generation. Okay, YouTube. My pops don't even go on the YouTube. He's that generation of Bruce Springsteen and all them. He don't even go on the YouTube for nothing unless I send him a link. So it's like, I think with them, it's like, okay, there's all the money we can make off this. We know that people paid $100,000 a ticket at the at the highest price mark to see Led Zeppelin perform their last show in London. Mm-hmm. We know that they the dumb tickets will sell for us. Yeah. We, you know what I'm saying? So just get rid of the masters because we don't even go on the YouTube. Okay, get rid of that because that's all they're going to use that for right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll take I, I, I it. I would hazard a guess. Bruce Springsteen does not even have a YouTube. He probably has people that set one up he for had, him. Yeah, it's it set up. Vivo pretty much runs Yeah, yeah, account. Vivo, exactly. And they don't, even, they don't even know they even have it. For the most yeah, that's part. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think he has one and doesn't even like. I think a lot of these people is like that. Yeah, but I, I think I, a I, lot I, of the ones that knew of the the potential, like I think Michael Jackson, I think he knew where it was going. I think well, Prince knew where it was going. Yeah, I like and your I take think, on it because their demographic is vinyl, CDs, cassette tapes, and they're still alive. And they're, like you said, they're not going to go to YouTube to to listen to their favorite stuff. They're they're still. Yeah the old format of, of listening mm-hmm. to their songs. I, I like yep. that point. Here, it goes yeah. back to, it goes back to, to, uh, Gran Torino when he's like, 
this is the this, I did not get these overnight. This was over a, a, a great period of time. I acquired all these tools throughout my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's sort of like that with, with I, I, I'd imagine, with people like Bruce Springsteen. He's like, I do not get all these vinyls overnight. I had these over a period of 50 years. Yeah. And it works out for the corporations because they'll get their money back just off the streaming. Mm-hmm. Whatever money they pay out for the, for the, they'll make it back in six months, a year, if not, you know. So because it's because even if even if the majority of the generation don't listen to Bruce Springsteen, eventually there's going to be people who are on the border of that generation. See, like that's the thing: the generation after my dad, they'll watch them some YouTube. Yeah, my dad's generation is like the cutoff of where no, we don't fuck with that. We watch television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think uh, it comes to a point where yeah, like I think it's more profitable for them to sell the masters and just rely off tour money. Yeah, because it's it's bankable. It's gonna, I mean that's easy money. And it's them. gonna be real bankable. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you gotta remember, like the generation here don't have the money like that. Very few of them do. You know what I'm saying? The generation from that generation, they, especially my father, they held on to their money. They made yeah. sure they held on to their money. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you got that generation right after them that's like, okay, well, we don't have to buy the CD to listen to it. Okay, I'll listen to some Bruce Springsteen on the YouTube, whatnot. You know, and I noticed with that generation even more so, Pandora's a big thing. Pandora's a huge thing for that, that, that 50, 40-year-old generation. They love them some Pandora. So it's like, they know that them streams is gonna happen regardless. Yeah. At least he he here's the thing. I think Bruce Springsteen knew if I sell 10 years from now, it's not happening. That that whole generation that knows me but will use the streaming is not gonna be either around or not gonna be there's gonna be something new out there. Yeah. So I think I think he knew okay, if I'm gonna sell this and people are gonna buy, it's gonna have to be now. Yeah, the only thing I had I take issue with is they, I mean, they selling the the four hundred percent. I was like, damn, at least keep 10, 20 percent of the shit. He made that money already. He don't care. You're right. You're right. Because he he's also from my dad generation where they just held on to that. They held on to yeah 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 penny pinching everything. But me as as a former you know creative person, I would be like, I got to hold on to something. Like give me at least, yeah. You know, something I could just be like, hey, daddy did this long, long time ago just to have, you know, pass on to the kids just to have it. Not to do nothing with it, but say, you know, this is my little legacy. Oh, I'm pretty sure he got, he got to have some type of his own recorded shit that they don't know about. I'm sure he has a secret vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Simple as keep this SD card. Don't let nobody know you have it. When I die, here's this. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's that simple nowadays. That's why, that's what was crazy to me about the, the advanced money with these rappers. It's like, none of y'all thought to just go out and buy like a $500 task in 24 track or something like that. None of y'all well, thought about that. Remember back in uh, late 90s, early 2000s when they were getting million dollar advances, it was nothing back then. The old mm-hmm. heads were getting, you know, and that was the thing. Everybody was getting and million dollar advances. And you had a lot of them bands that took that advance and they didn't go nowhere. I think Lit was one of them bands. Yeah. And I think it was always them bands that wound up with one of their songs in a, in a movie soundtrack. It was always like that. And it wasn't always just like this song is on the soundtrack. It was like, no, this is a, this song is on the soundtrack and it's the first song you're going to hear in this <laughs> yeah. movie. You know, I think there was a lot of, you remember how many fucking movies that, it's no surprise to me. I am my own. It was it? That was in so many movies. You don't know the and band, but you know that song. Yes. Yep. 
And they had one other big hit, and it was only because of the Titan AE soundtrack. And that's what my frustration is with the my only issue with the younger artists. It's like I, you know, you need to think of a create create a timeless song that that supersedes your genre. You want it, you want your I, song to be played in, in an elevator at some point. You know, that's when you know you've officially made it, yeah. one hit wonder or not. You know, I think it's the way that they record it now, Sly. That's really what it is. Is Okay, get this dude in the booth for like eight hours. Have him just run through shit. So that so they're thinking of quantity, not quality. Not quality. Thinking, exactly. Okay, I have eight hours to record. Let me get as much shit recorded as possible. Not understanding this label doesn't care what you record unless it's some really fire shit, and they're gonna put that out there. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? They want as much extra shit as they can have from you because then they know. Okay, worst comes to worst. Business don't work out. We gotta do what we gotta do. Then not only do we get the life insurance return, but then we get the then there's some other shit that they're gonna just buy because it's got his name on it. And then I also um with the metaverse coming up, you're gonna start seeing more images and likenesses of these artists that whoever controls the, that part of the of their career or that image, whatever that that part of that artist. I mean, billions are going to be made for whoever owns that that's that type of stuff so let them find out how to how to how to synthesize the voice when some motherfuckers died yeah let them figure that out that's oh, they're slowly roll that shit out because I was, I was watching um ghostbusters afterlife like the fourth time and i was just like look how real they made harold ramus look and he's been dead five six years that tupac hologram shit it's nothing compared to what they got coming out yeah so yeah, that's the that's the point where it's like, like there's shit computers is doing now. Like it was like we used to laugh at this AI shit because it's like it's like it's not what we thought it would be. We thought this should be smart. Well, here's the thing. No, no, now it's getting smart. It mm-hmm. wasn't smart when it first came out. You gotta remember, this is like a kid. This not this not gonna be born with just intelligence. You exactly. know what I'm saying? It has to learn. It has to learn exactly. Yes. I think the thing is that people with AI, they try to put more of a bearing on what it can do than than is really to see like AI is not going to hack into NORAD and, and cause a launch. It takes human input, meaning like you would have to have AI at NORAD in order. And NORAD is never going to let that happen. They're gonna, no, no, you want a computer running this shit? You want a computer to run the key? No, we're not doing that. And you're referencing uh, 1983's, I believe, War Games with Matthew Broderick when yep. the AI was like, "Let's, I want to play a game. And it, it was, that was a deep, I'm glad you made that reference. Yes. And not a lot of people mm-hmm. remember that movie. Yeah. Like, that's the thing with AI. Is it's it's an opt-in type format, so it's a lot it's a lot safer than people would would believe because of the amount of government services that probably will never opt into that shit. What what would be more concerning is down the line, say they come out with something like SI, where it's sentient. It can think on its own. It can move on its own. It does not need your approval for that. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes dangerous. Now, where it becomes tricky with AI, too, is say you got this dude who works at NORAD, brings his google book or chromebook whatever fuck home on the weekends he'd be fucking with the ai on the chromebook on the weekends he bring that shit back to norad now by accident you created this type of scenario that's where that's the only real current danger of ai is if it's handled by idiots who do things carelessly 
which unfortunately there's a lot of in this society. Well, th that's a great point. It's just like who, when you like raising a child, it's like, who, who do you have around your kid? And yeah. It, it, it's yeah, exactly. a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also like, who do you have your kid around? Because yeah. It, it, it takes one slip up and you, you're playing a very slippery slope with a dangerous game. I mean, it's, it's, it gets to a point where like AI on its own, it, it can't really do much, but then you, you accidentally click accept on some shit. And now if it's in the wrong place, like a NORAD or, you know, uh, the Nevada test site or something like that, that can be really, really chaotic. So I think like my main thing with the metaverse that was a concern to me is like, you know, this shit is sensory deprivation. This shit is depriving you of everything that's going on around you. If it's linked in with Facebook, this is my problem. You say you got like a lobby or some shit for the, we're just going to go off just the Facebook metaverse. That's hypothetical right now. It's not here yet. Mm -hmm. You got this lobby where people who's your friends is coming and going. You got, say you got somebody on your messenger or, or friends on Facebook who you're beefing with. And you're just doing this to keep tabs on them, whatever, watch their lives or stories, whatever. All of a sudden you're, you're in the same area and you see them, they see you and they blip out. You don't know if they went to the A part of the metaverse they was going to, whatever the case. Like, this is such a way, you're not going to hear nobody trying to get into your house. You're not going to be even concerned with that by the time they get inside. You see what I'm saying? So that's why, like I always have saying, man, I will buy me a metaverse before I ever take part in one. I'm not a rich man by any means. I will buy me one of them shits to have other motherfuckers run around in before I ever fucking take part in one and run around in one myself. Cool. Well, let's do this. Let's end this here because I've had you on about an hour and a half. Plug your yeah, channel. yeah, yeah. Plug where where they can find you and uh yeah. we got more to discuss. Channel White Official, yeah. man. Check out the, the the White Devil EP, man, all that. You know, White Devil Deluxe. It's W Y T E Devil. It's China W Y T E. <laughs> like Lil White from from back in the day. Y'all y'all remember possibly. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh we'll come back in a couple of days or so. Do part four Gnarly. and then catch up with whatever we didn't discuss tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I right. made I made sure that, that I, I took I took mad notes. So yeah, we'll definitely come back to that. Cause I'm I'm definitely interested in more of the uh not so, well, as much as you can tell me about the one city that you mentioned that I was trying to I forgot to look up the the crazy city that you mentioned, um and then in your negative wood kind, kind of sort of the, the, the oh, oh yeah there's a couple of those yeah so i kind of want to come back to that a little bit and then we'll talk some more music stuff the next yeah, time there's we bethel have... and the other one is yeah. Brookfield. my parents live in brookfield which if you don't know that they just came out with a movie about it with the demon murders yeah 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 okay yeah that happened in brookfield that happened like five minutes from my parents house okay i got research to do so the next time we come back we're gonna we're gonna have an in-depth discussion about that stuff so yeah no my man, no. My man I, I appreciate it um so yeah in a couple of days we'll, we'll come back and, and knock this out part four awesome cool awesome. bro appreciate it side thank you anytime you got it you have a good night yep you too okay bro Yo, so uh, that was part three. Uh, we'll come back and do part four in, real, uh, in, in a couple days or so, maybe a week or so. So um, thank you guys for hanging out. Um, time and energy. Do me a favor, hit the like button on your way out. 
uh heavily flawed individual on www.onthewakeupradio.com 24-7-365 the uh, replays can always be found on where the hell is my script soundcloud stitcher google apple Podcasts, itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and google play and anchor for the replays all right you guys uh get out of here go to bed have a good night peace